Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Welcome, Lisa. I am so excited to chat today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here and to get to talk to you in person. Well, almost in person. Yeah. (laughs) Just because we've messaged back and forth a number of times. But to hear your voice and to be able to have a real conversation, that's just, that's going to be really fun. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I know um, I first came across you through YouTube, seeing a video um, that you had done about quiet times. And um, I think you might have even shown like what, what, things you used, you had your fireplace and your chair and everything like that. And I was so encouraged by it. And, um, you became like an instant, um, online mentor for me. Um, so this is fun for me as well. Just getting to, like, I just know you have so much wisdom to share with our audience. So, um, why don't you first tell us a little bit about, um, who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, I am a wife to Matt and we've been married for almost 30 years now. And we have eight children, and our youngest is 15, and our oldest is almost 28. And um, I have five out of the house and three still at home, and we're a homeschooling family, so we've done that our whole lives together. And my husband's a pastor of a home fellowship, a home church, so we've been doing that for the last 18 years as well. And then we also have an online ministry. We have a podcast, the Faithful Life Podcast, and then... I have club31women.com, which is a just an online ministry for women to encourage them in their marriage, their parenting, their faith. And actually, Val, you've contributed a number of articles as well to that site. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I'd love to start just in talking in general about your prayer routine um, and what that looks like today or, you know, in this season of life. Well, I love that you use the word routine because I'm more of a routine person than a strict schedule kind of person. But I love starting the the morning in prayer. I set my alarm and get up a little bit earlier than everybody else so the house is quiet and I can really focus on just the basic needs of the day. Um, It's not necessarily a super long time, but it is specific in terms of my family and what I know. maybe some close friends and some needs they have and our church ministry. So I kind of, I like starting the day with looking to the Lord, praising him and thanking him and then just making those requests. And then in the evening, I also have another shorter time. Matt and I sometimes pray together as we're drifting off to sleep and or if I wake up in the middle of the night, which is also often <laughs> I'll use that time for prayer as well. So definitely a morning and night rhythm. Yeah, I love that. Like kind of bookending your day with God, like starting it with God and ending it with God. And the middle of the night, we we did a blog post recently about um, praying if you happen to wake up. And there's just so many people in that club of people who are up in the middle of the night. And um, I just think it's such sweet opportunity to pray to the Lord. So I love that you mentioned that and reminded us of that. Um, so what does it look like? How do you physically pray? Like out loud with a journal, the different things like that. We'd love to hear that. 
I do both. I have a little, I, even I think I used this in the, in that video you mentioned that I have a little mm-hmm. basket, my little quiet time basket, yeah. just so that I have everything ready. So I have my Bible in there. I have my prayer journal and um, a pen, just things so that I'm prepared to do what I want to set out to do. So I don't have to go around the room and try to gather my belongings. And um, so I just sit in my, in my chair and I pray out loud. Sometimes I kneel um, when my heart is heavy in particular, or when I'm full of rejoicing. Um, and other times I just um, sit in my little spot and open up my prayer journal. I write out requests. I have a place for requests, a place for answered prayers. And the reason I love having a written version of my prayers as well is that that opportunity to look back. And I just did this recently because of, you know, it's the new year. So mm-hmm. I spent New Year's Eve day going through my prayer journal and looking back at all the answers to prayers that I'd even forgotten I had ever prayed for. And it was so encouraging. I, I called my husband over and I just said, look at this. I forgot we talked about this and that we wanted this. And and I could have just skipped over and carried on with my life without acknowledging that this was a specific answer to prayer. Yeah. I love that. It's, you know, it is crazy how, um, being able to look back on that just provides this opportunity that it is often a missed opportunity to glorify God. So I think that's cool that you mentioned that, that I actually spent the last couple of weeks of the year as well, looking at just reading all my prayers, for, which was, that was a big undertaking, <laughs> like just actually reading all the written prayers, but it was wow. so good. And, um, and, and I felt like that it kind of replaced some of my prayer time in those weeks, but it was you know, when you're reading your own prayers, you, it is, it was such a prayerful time, oddly enough. So, um, I love that. Um, okay. So let's talk about how and, or what does it look like to pray for your spouse? Well, the longer I've been married, the more I pray for my husband and see his need for that. And, and his desire for that. I think when my kids were younger, I spent a lot of my prayer time praying for my kids, which I still do, by the way, but I kind of, I think I thought of him, well, he's a grown man, so he mm-hmm. should be able to pray for himself. And I already have so many things to pray about um, other than some basics for him. I kind of moved on to the, to the real needs, but I've really changed my perspective on that. And I see that he does need um, my prayer protection and knowing that I understand and know him better than anybody else. And I know his heart, his struggles more than anyone. And so people in our church and his friends, they pray for him. I know that. But there are those kinds of things that only a wife knows Mm -hmm. about his heart or about his needs. And I really love being able to pray for him in that way and, and being able to share with him later that, Hey, that was an answer to prayer. I was praying that you'd be encouraged during that week, or I was praying for that opportunity that God would really make it clear to you what you should do there. So that's a, I'm very committed to praying for him. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Um, so a, a one big question or thought that I have about this is what is it like, how do you not pray for your spouse? Because it can be, it could quickly turn into this time where we just think of all the things that annoy us or the things that we think God needs to fix or things that maybe our spouse is very different from us. And we just pray almost for them to be like us. Um, so how do you, I guess, guard against praying for things that are 
our own desires and not God's desires for him? Oh, that is a wonderful question because, yes, I think as a wife, we tend to want to, you know, there's just that uh, impulse to kind of turn him into our project (laughs) instead of really thinking of him as a person. And I have prayed for things that I feel should change and I want to change. And even after multiple conversations, he wasn't really open to that. And just quietly going, okay, Lord, I feel like this should change, but um, I'm just going to let you work in his life or you reveal this to him. And several times over the, no, many times over the years, Mm -hmm. I've had him come back around and say, you know what, I've been thinking about what you said or what we talked about, and I do want to do things differently here. But here's the thing. (laughs) The last several years, I pray more and more for my heart when it comes to those kinds of things like that you mentioned, like maybe things that annoy me or things that I wish were different or personality trait that can sometimes, um, yeah, bother me or concern me and just going, Lord, I, I want to be more patient with him in this. I want to, um, offer more grace or extend mercy. And it's been really beautiful in our relationship. I think it's given me more peace and so many things that I thought in my own, um, my own little righteous perspective (laughs) that I thought, you know what? I was wrong there. I thought I was so right, but really this is not a big deal. And I, um, there's so many things that I want grace for, So why would I not extend the same to him? Yes, I love that. I think that's going to encourage a lot of us. Just, you know, it's weird to think that we could use prayer like a weapon against our husbands, you know, like as we pray for them. But I think just being reminded that maybe part of praying for our husband is actually praying for our own heart to change in Mm -hmm. relation to our husband. Um, So I love that. What, What is something like just one a small way, like if somebody is thinking, I want to start praying for my husband more, what is, what is, you know, like a few practical tips on how to get started doing that? I think praying, starting by praying for small things rather than I want this huge sweeping change. A lot of times you can just say, Lord, I just want to pray that, um, maybe he shows more interest in spiritual things or that you would bring someone in his life that would encourage him in his spiritual walk or, um, and then just kind of maybe dropping the list is what I call it. The list of mm-hmm. what he has to do or be to qualify in your mind as like a godly man or a spiritual leader. Um, and I say this carefully because I know it's a, it's a big topic, but sometimes we can get it in our minds that he has to lead our family and family devotions. I'm a big fan of family devotions. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it's not really you know, it's not a deal breaker. (laughs) A man can be very godly and not do those things. Um, I think a lot of times people like, look at, I'm married to a pastor. So they assume we spend a ton of time praying together. We don't, we do pray together. And it's something in this new year, we said, you know what we want to do, we want to do better at this. So, but it's not, it's, it doesn't, he doesn't have to qualify in our, you know, to meet up the checklist that we have in our minds of, what he needs to do or be. So keep it small. Keep it things like just pray he has a soft heart towards you, Lord, and those kinds of things rather than relying on our list. Yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned just having a soft heart too, because, you know, sometimes our mind just drifts to, um, you know, pray for their 
what's going on at work or, um, you know, like physical things, or even like you said, maybe their response to us, but a, a very, it's, you know, I don't want to say basic, but to say, to have a soft heart to the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, you just feel like that, that could transform so many things in, in their life and as well as the whole family. So I think that's a really, if, if we are looking for a prayer to start with, that's just a beautiful one. Um, mm-hmm. glad, glad you shared that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has um, this all looked like in your marriage? Like, are there any examples of specific answered prayers that you can think of over the year for your spouse? I know you mentioned some um, generally about, you know, things that he, uh, Matt would come back and be like, well, you know, I, I thought about this and I would love to hear if you have any examples over the years. And it could be prayers, um, not specifically about them, but just for your husband. I don't know if that makes sense. Not, when I say not specifically about them changing in a way that you're you're praying for, but something that is maybe happening to your husband that you've prayed for consistently. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good thing to to think about and to pray for. That like I pray that God would bless him. That's a general one, but also I've been praying that his ministry would expand, that he would get opportunities to share what God has been teaching him and what I know he has to offer. And I was just thinking about this because just yesterday he was on the, on a radio program and, and it was really, um, it was a really neat opportunity. And I love just listening to him and teach and thinking, this is an answer to prayer over many years, not just like this week or even this year, but over years. And um, many times we had to be patient in those kinds of prayers, whether it's a blessing, whether it's wisdom or business. Um, that it takes some time to to see those prayers answered and and not always exactly in the way we pictured it but when you look back you go oh this was totally an answer to prayer just not just not the specifics i had imagined yeah um what what about for the woman who you know i think of the the wife who is married to somebody who isn't a believer um it just kind of feels like a very different, a different thing to pray for your husband. It might be that you're just, you know, I know my mom, um, she prayed for my dad for, I think it was at least seven years, um, for him, um, to become a Christian. And I just, I I don't know if you have any hope for any words for them, um, specifically about praying for them. I, really believe that our God is a redeemer. And that's something that I always come back to, that he is able, he's more than able to do what he has for his people. And so we put our trust in him rather than in our husband in the sense of, you know what I'm saying? Like I think, oh, I just don't know how he could ever become a believer. He's so closed or he's had such a bitter experience. And yet we know that God is a redeemer and that's where we put our hope. And a lot of times I think if you're married to a husband who is struggling with his faith or isn't a believer, that we don't really have to say too much. We could just quietly pray for him and be that example of joy and that steady anchor of faith um, because he needs that during that season of his life. Um, the other thing I specifically would pray for is to bring people into his life that love the Lord and mm-hmm. love your husband. And 
that could be a, such a powerful impact, um, and even more so maybe than than you yourself. Um, so, praying for that and and just being willing to trust Him and to wait patiently for that answer. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you shared that. Um, what would you share with us? Some or one of the biggest no's that you have gotten as you've prayed, and what God taught you through that. Hmm. Well, thought about this, <laughs> so I think I'll start with it. You know, it was my biggest yes has also been one of our biggest no's, mm-hmm. and so we have our fifth daughter is a severe special needs daughter, Avonlea, and. Mm-hmm. She was born with a, she had a massive stroke before she was born. And so as a result of this, um, she lost all of the movement on her left side of her body and most on her right. So the original prognosis was very grim that she would never walk, talk, or even know us as her parents if she even, if she lived at all. And God answered our prayers and so many people who are praying for this little baby that um, she would know us and that she would Lord would spare her life and so now here she is she's 21 and she is a delight she will talk your ear off she <laughs> follows me around everywhere um, and so that was a huge yes in our prayers that and um, that she would bring such joy and blessing and hope to a lot of people who um, have grim prognosis that God is God is able to do miracles, and we see that. However, mm-hmm. on the no side, uh, she can't walk. She's in a wheelchair, and um, when she was little, it was just what we got, all got used to, that um, we could carry her around or she can crawl on the floor. But now that she's in her 20s, it's harder. She realizes that other people walk and dance and play and she can't and she she doesn't feel sorry for herself she's pretty good at making the most of with what she's got but she occasionally will say something like I wish I could walk mom you know Mm -hmm. and we all cry you know we just Mm -hmm. it's just so hard to go I don't know why the Lord allowed this but in fact one day she turned to me and she said, I guess it's just my cross to bear. Oh. And I just thought, where did you hear that? Like, we would never say that to her, not in a million years. But she must have just heard us talking about that in other context. And this is the beautiful part, is it is such a reminder to me that we all have our cross to bear, as she so sweetly put it. And she is in many ways, a visual reminder to me, to my husband, to our family, that sometimes the Lord asks us to bear up in something we would never choose for ourselves, and that we have a choice to make the best of it, to to look forward to that day when she can walk, when she is healed. In fact, her her favorite song is "I Can Only Imagine." And mm. every time it comes on, she's like, mom, this is my song, you know, and it's just so beautiful. I could only imagine um, what it's going to be like. And I love that that no, as hard as it is, has been a, a beautiful testimony to us and to so many. Yeah, I, I just, I, 
love, I'm glad you shared that. I've loved seeing her in your stories and everything. And I think the idea, just that song and the idea that her hope is in heaven, you know, like that is something that can be lost on us, you know, cause we just put so much stock in here. If, you know, if we have abled bodies and we feel like, you know, we could run a marathon here or whatever, but, but man, the truth is our hope is only in heaven. And She's just able to grasp that in such a real way. Um, But uh, yeah, I do love her story and I'm glad you shared that with us today. Um, I would love to hear if prayer was modeled for you as a child. You know, we only really prayed at mealtimes and it was, it was what we called grace. So it was pretty rote what we, you know, what my dad mostly was the one who prayed or sometimes my mom. So it wasn't until actually, I think after I was married, that I really came to see prayer modeled. Uh, my husband is quite a prayer warrior. In fact, I remember the first time, this was after we were married. I don't think I, okay, all I say is I didn't realize what a prayer warrior he was until after mm-hmm. we were married. Yeah. I He has a home office and I, I went upstairs to find him early in the morning because to ask him something and I, he was laying flat out on the floor. <laughs> like his face in the carpet. And my first thought was, oh no, what's, what's <laughs> happened? Like, and, and I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just praying. I said, you pray like that? He said, well, the Bible talks about laying prostrate before him. And so this is what I do. And I thought, wow, like you take prayer really seriously and, and humbly and, and I'm not saying it's required for everybody. I rarely pray, pray like that even to this day. But it was um, very convicting and inspiring at the same time for me to realize yeah. this is a big deal. And I can be in some ways too, I don't know if casual is the right word, um, but just not mindful enough that, that yeah, you're coming before the throne of Almighty and... And we should at least have a spirit of that prostration, if not actually physically putting your face in the carpet. Yeah, no, I think that um, that's good. I feel like there are times where we we do get kind of get lost in our prayers and forget, you know, I, I know I've written this somewhere, but if we took two minutes, if we wanted to just change our prayer life in two minutes or prayer time, think for just a few minutes on who we are actually praying to. Because that does get lost on us if we thought this is the God who created the ocean and the waves and the wind and with a word, you know, like that's, um, that it's a privilege to get to pray to him. So I, you know, I don't pray like that often either, but I'm definitely gonna have to try that just because it is, it is such a humble and an open position, you know, like we're, we're just very vulnerable before the Lord in that position. So, um, I'm I'm glad you shared that. And it always is interesting talking to people about how prayer was modeled for them because it's always different. Everybody has a different story with it. Um, but those that pray and pray consistently have had it modeled in some way or, you know, somebody modeling it was a catalyst for them. You know, like we need to see that because it is such a private relationship at times, but God has called us to praying with others as well. So um, yeah, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because there is a bit of a conflict there. On the one hand, prayer is very private and the Bible does talk 
about how that that is a, a private moment. It's not something you're to, to display in front of everyone. So I think we can get confused about that aspect and the other aspect of modeling it for other people. Because how many times as a mom have you, I know I have, just thought, I wish I could just spend one day in her home and just see how oh, she yeah. does this. You know, see how she um, uh, schedules her day. See how she talks to her children. I really longed for that when I was a mom with young children. I just want to, I just want to know what the words that she uses or <laughs> how she handles these situations, having not seen it modeled. And I think the same is with prayer. And so somewhere when my kids were still pretty young, and again, prayer was pretty new to me, I realized that I was going to my bedroom, I was closing the door, and I was praying back there for situations, for my children, for my worries. And I thought, my kids don't know that this is happening. They're not seeing this. And so I started just leaving the door open, so still not well, actually a few times I just did it right there in the kitchen. <laughs> so there's that. So they would see that when mom is desperate, when mom is worried, she's struggling, mm-hmm. that they would know that this is what you can do and, and really should do. So just a kind of a side note, if you are a mother uh, with, with children, that, that it's not only okay, I think it's a beautiful thing to let them see you actively praying and what that looks like. And when you do it. Yeah. So two things that you just made me think of. I know um, Gretchen from Well-Watered Women, we've talked about this before. And she mentioned seeing her mom pray when she was younger and do her quiet time. And I remember thinking, you know, when my girls wake up, like everything is put up and I'm like ready for the day. And I just thought the same thing. Like they would have no idea that this even happened, um, that this was something that was part of my consistent it's something that I, I knew I needed to start my day with because I was that dependent on God. And I have started to kind of do the same where it's like they, you know, I love that quiet time by myself, but I'm also embracing if they do wake up early or, you know, something like that happens and they see that more and not seeing it as like, oh, I, need, I just want to get this done before they wake up kind of thing. Um, but the other thing, oh, go ahead. Oh, I should say another example that came to my mind is, like a few times at lunchtime, we're having the the meltdowns and and there's mine, everybody's. And I would just like, okay, Lord. And I would close my eyes and I'd lift up my hands. I'm not even a particularly charismatic person, but I can get really charismatic when I'm feeling desperate. Yeah. And just say, Lord, you are the God of order. You see this chaos right now. Just show me, you know, what we need to do. Help calm our spirits. And and I did it because I meant it, but I also wanted the kids to know that they, yeah, that they could lift up right in the middle of the moment. They don't have to wait till the next morning for prayer time or even that evening before they go to bed, that this is a time right here now. And the Lord cares about this and, um, and that we're to turn to him and run to him. And if I don't do it vocally, if I don't do it right in the moment, then they wouldn't necessarily know or see that. So, um, it does require some vulnerability because you're admitting Mm -hmm. that you know, you're not in a moment where you really feel very together, but, but even better that they know that that's, that's where they can turn to and, um, how to handle those, those moments. Yeah. Well, and you're showing them that you need God too. Cause so often we can feel like our parents are, 
you know, have it all together or they don't make mistakes, but how do we teach our kids that they need Jesus besides modeling that we need Jesus, you know? So I think that's beautiful. And I think Mm -hmm. one other thing, um, just going with the idea of like, um, seeing somebody like, like you said about, um, wanting to see another mom, like what that looked like in her daily life. So often we feel like if we're, when we pray with somebody else, we immediately go to the negative of thinking, comparing and feeling insecure about the way we pray or feeling like, man, there's such a good prayer. This makes me feel bad as opposed to, man, there's such a good prayer. Like, look at what I'm getting to learn from, you know? And I think we can just have two different approaches to praying with a prayer warrior and a prayer that we take the approach where we just want to soak it up instead of um, become insecure about how we're praying. Oh, yeah, that's a that's an important thing to remember when you're praying and just to go ahead and do it. I think of like when you think of again, going back to children, that seems to be on my heart today. But some of my kids will come to me when they have a need or concern and they're very articulate. They've already thought it through and they're like, okay, mom, here's the situation. But some of my kids, it just takes them a while to get around to it. Or I have to do some exploring, like, is this what you're saying? Or is this what you're concerned about? And either child, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me which way they're approaching me or talking to me about something. I'm just glad that they're coming to me. Mm -hmm. And when we think about our heavenly father, don't you think it's very similar, but all the more so with him that he doesn't require elegant words or very, or thought through um, sentences. He's just glad that we're coming to him. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Yes, absolutely. I know. I think, I think that is dead on. We can just get so overwhelmed of how we come with him to him, but if we only knew that he was just so glad we were coming to him, you know, that mm-hmm. us, us, that posture of us coming to him speaks volumes to what we believe and our dependence on him. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to hear in what ways do you long to keep growing, growing your prayer life? I, that's a, that's another good question. <laughs> I feel like the last few years I have been rushed in my prayer life and that's all on me because I have overcommitted myself. And again, over the new year, I, my husband gave me a whole day off. I had a little in-house mini retreat and it was beautiful, such a gift. And that was one of the things the Lord really put on my heart that, um, that while I think it's fine and I encourage this, that Praying as someone asks you for a request, a friend, a family member, just doing it right then and there, but wanting to be less rushed so that I really do have more time throughout my day, more time in the morning that I don't just go, okay, I've got 15 minutes before I have to get in the shower, before I have to, you know, the the list of how I have to be prepared for the day, but that I really have more um, just leisure to listen as Mm -hmm. well as put my requests before him, to spend time thanking him. So that's, I don't have New Year's goals or resolutions, but I definitely have New Year desires and I want to make choices that reflect that desire. And so part of that's going to be um, just reducing some of my commitments that I've 
made. And I've asked a few people to help me, my husband and a couple of close friends, help me to be, to be praying for me. But also if you see areas where I've committed that you go, you know what, Lisa, I know this is a want, but is this a need? Is this really what the Lord has for you? Um, so that you're not so booked out that everything has to have a slot. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think we could all use that reminder. I think one of the biggest reasons that we um, feel like we can't pray is just feeling so busy. And like you said, even even as a consistent prayer, I feel like um, those we could still get kind of trapped in that by just feeling like we just need to speed through it. Or um, like you said, just having it in that time slot, I, I think I can just definitely relate to that. Um, well, Lisa, this has just been such a sweet chat. I'm glad um, we got to hear from you today. Um, I would love for you um, to pray for us. But before we do that, I'd love for you to tell um, our audience where they can find you. Okay. Well, you can find me at club31women.com. That's my website. And I'd love to have you come over. There's there We have devotionals and helpful articles, uh, book resources, and book reviews. And I'm also on Instagram, same handle, Club31Women. And that's probably one of my favorite places to be at. Um, so come find me either place. And I'm just going to plug this because we haven't talked about it at all, but we're talking about spouses. Um, do you want to mention the book that you just had that came out with Felicia Masonheimer? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so we just released <laughs> a new book on marriage. It's called The Fortation Experiment. And it's literally this experiment that both Felicia, who's been married about eight years, and my almost 30, um, we both did the same, well, different experiments, but the same idea of a way to, to proactively connect and deepen our marriages. And it's, it's both fun and surprisingly deep. So um, it's a short, easy read with just very uh, highly doable chapters, um, anything from the kind of chapters you would expect to find, like passion and connection, but also some ones you might not expect to find, like covenant, kindness, and hope. So um, I'd love for you to grab a copy. And if I could do one more free plug, yeah. we are starting a book club on January 24th. And you can uh, you can find that. You can either just get the book on Amazon or any of those regular bookstores, but also on Club 31 Women, there's a book page and you can sign up there. Yep. And I'm actually signed up to do that because I'm, I'm just excited to go through it with you guys. Um, well, thank you so much, Lisa. And yes, I would love if you would close us in prayer now. Sure thing. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conversation. And I just want to thank you for everyone who's listening to this conversation. I pray, Father, that you would encourage each one, that they would be encouraged to to pray to you, to pour their hearts out before you. And Father, you would build their faith in this conversation, that they would trust you for the worries, the concerns that are on their heart. And and specifically, there's a couple of things I know we talked about today. We talked about just our spouse and praying for them and with them. And Father, what a powerful thing that we have available to us. And I do pray that you would deepen our prayer lives in that way. And as far as our children goes, and for those who are mothers here who are listening, that that they would just take hope and be encouraged in their prayers for their children and their praying time with their children, that you would 
just start a whole generation of prayer warriors, that we would be seeking you in our hearts and our lives, that we would trust you with our future. And um, just even with the times that we're living in, Lord, I feel I think we all sort of sense this sense of urgency and a sense of deep concern. But Father, you on the throne and father we just know that and we know that you see all things and that our future is held in your hands and we believe that and trust that i pray that you would bless each person here that they would take a step closer to you and their hearts would be encouraged in what you have for them i pray these things in your son jesus name